have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astral Radio Z is a horror, cult, exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host, Derek Terry. We've gotten through the witchcraft films, people. Now we can get back to Astro Radio Z as it should be. Shot on video horror movies, and I got one that I dug out of the bottom of a barrel of radioactive chemical nuclear warfare waste. This is the amazing trauma shot on video film, Redneck Zombies. In the heartland of America live a very special kind of people. Friendly, decent, hard-working people. But what happens when these simple down-to-earth folk accidentally drink a barrel of nuclear waste? Well, whatever it is, it better taste good because you splattered it all over the corn squeezings, you otter ass. I'm sorry, Daddy. <laughs> Swilling toxic moonshine, they become flesh-eating, bloodthirsty kinfolk from hell. They become redneck zombies. Redneck zombies. Tobacco chewing, gut chomping creatures of the night. Redneck zombies. Monstrous radioactive freaks waiting to eat you for lunch. Alone and lost in the backwoods of Maryland, seven city slickers will encounter a nightmare world of the hillbilly undead. Not since blood-sucking freaks has there been such controversial scenes of violence, dismemberment, and cannibalism. Whoa, Ty, check it out. It's a native! Oh, hello! There's thrills, chills, and adventure, plus plenty of lip-smacking nourishment. We dare you to keep your eyes open during the last harrowing half hour. It makes Dawn of the Dead look like Mary Poppins. Redneck Zombies is another provocative anti-nuclear parable from the trauma team. Filmed in gorgeous entrail vision, it's for rock and roll horror freaks of all ages. Oh, shit! Did you treat this lead? Sally! For spilled guts, laughs, and suspense, it's Redneck Zombies. A splatter film classic so gruesome that half the trauma team staff check themselves into Bellevue. Redneck Zombies, a down-home good time you'll never forget. Warning, repeated viewings of Redneck Zombies has been shown to cause insane laughter in laboratory animals. So it's been a little while since we did one of these shot on video episodes and I couldn't be more happy to come back after the last episode where three hours of absolute fucking torture where we had to talk about witchcraft 14 through 16 to come back to this episode 
which we talk about one of my all-time favorite shot on video horror films redneck zombies this is one that you guys on the facebook group voted for at first it was the burning moon that was number one and then ultimately redneck zombies in the voting took over completely but i had already scheduled this episode out so you got it second i'm sorry (laughs) but that's just how it worked out and with me tonight i have amanda hello i have Mark, who's super excited about this episode. Indeed. And last but not least, good friend of Mark's. If you listen to his podcast, The Spoiler Room, which you should go subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever the hell you you get your podcast, go subscribe there. You will know the sultry tones of this man. He's a man I've referred to on past episodes of Astro Radio Z. He's our good friend, Steve, but we call him Doc. Doc, how you doing tonight? It's a pleasure to be here, sir. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. Yay. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you know what I mean. Oh, okay. Can I put my pants back on now, sir? <laughs> <laughs> so, what, you don't like that? You don't like masturbation sounds? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, <laughs> seems how... This is Doc's first episode of Astro Radio Z, and it's one of these shot on video episodes. Doc, would you like to tell us what's your history with shot on video horror films? Did you used to watch these back in the day? This one is like the first one I remember seeing specifically for that. I I don't have a big history at the time. I just I picked them up occasionally, often not knowing they were necessarily shot on video and just going, okay, I'm intrigued and going, oh, video. Oh, okay, we'll see how this works. The whole Um, bait and switch, right? Sometimes I've got uh, darkness. I I know on DVD because they did a restored version of that. I've I think I've bought now Redneck Zombies like three times. Um, (laughs) All of us have tape tape the first dvd i got the 20th anniversary dvd with the cd of the soundtrack in it so i don't have a a vast history with them which is why i find these episodes particularly interesting because they're kind of like with mark they're they're i'm hearing about all these things that i'm like i'm intrigued but i'm also being told i shouldn't watch it in full speed because it's not worth an hour and a half of my life so the ones we've been talking about the majority of them i believe i should check out yeah yeah totally well, but, except for violent shit one. Definitely don't check yeah. that thing out. Okay. But Doc, I think you and I watched this the first time, didn't we? I, I, I suspect we did. I th- it feels like it was one of the ones in amongst Undertaker and his pals and Skeeter and one of those uh, yeah, one of those uh late night films where you'd come over and we'd spend all night watching bad films. I don't or, remember if you rented it or if I brought it over or what it was, but I remember it being in the I thought I remember being in the pile and us just giggling at it. So yeah. Well listeners, I want you to realize and you can probably hear it a little bit in their banter. Doc and Mark the movie man have known each other for a very, very, very long time. Mark, how long exactly have you two known each other? Uh, We met when he was a senior in high school. I think so. Yeah. That's how I met Jim. Yeah. Junior or senior in high school because uh, a mutual friend of ours was um, went to this high school that uh, Doc went to. And so and he he found as geeks do. Uh, you end up finding each other uh, just 
naturally. Uh, and in, so in the pre, in the pre-internet being everywhere days, you just kind yeah. of magnetically drew, wait a minute, you said a word I recognize. What's going on over here? <laughs> <laughs> and and Jim went, you guys like the crappy movies. You should go talk about those together for a while. And that's what happened. Yes. So it was it was like another group of people were talking and then you didn't even really walk over. You just magnetically slid over into that group to, to join in that conversation. I, I had a buddy in Jim's math class that I would pop into and say hey to before I went to my math class. And Jim sat like right behind him. So it was like I'd say hey something. And all of a sudden Jim's eyes would just kind of perk up going, wait a minute. <laughs> you like that too? Yeah, Why? <laughs> I like that too. We are now best friends. And then you did you did the predator handshake. <laughs> yes. I, 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 met, I, met Mark, I met Mark in email before I met Mark, if memory serves. Oh my God. <laughs> yep, yep. There you go. Yeah, Mark, early. did you try being a badass in that email? Early, early email we're talking about. This is this is like <laughs> This email was a novelty. Well, that reminds me of that scene in Welcome to the Dollhouse where um, the brother is receiving a written letter from his camp crush, from his summer camp crush, and she closes it. P.S. My parents are getting me email for my birthday. My address will be such and such a... <laughs> hope to see you. I hope something like, I hope you get emailed too. Dude, like not to turn this episode into recalling awkward <laughs> exchanges and meeting stories, but I remember way back in the day, I went to a, a band camp. This is going to really expose me. <laughs> My listeners are going to be like, totally like, oh, I've been, li- I've been listening to a fucking band dork all these years. I'm One out. time in band camp. That's what I heard in my head, yeah. <laughs> but I remember getting a letter from a girl a handwritten letter from a girl at band camp. You it was were like at band camp, or was this after band camp? After band camp. Okay. It was like a four or five page handwritten note. I so you. I guess you could I, so I guess you could say we were pretty serious. Yeah. You get a touch of the Derek Carey and oh that, you, you don't want it out. You don't want it out, baby. It drives you to write four page long handwritten letters. Was it so the she, perfume? <laughs> I don't she remember. Wrote, she wrote a four or five page letter. Derek probably wrote back a four or five sentence letter. Yeah. Because right. that's how we tend to guys tend to write back. Yes. Unless we're writing a story that they're in, in which case it might be five pages. Yeah. It says, I like you boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I like you boobs. Love, love Derek. Yeah. P.S. Your butt's okay too. Yeah. yeah. P.S. Your butt's okay. <laughs> I like your butt. I like you, but <laughs> oh my god! So how does this all tie into redneck zombies? Because we watched it ages ago. Yes, when we were just when he would you know come back into town, and we would sit there overnight and just drink Mountain Dew and watch weird movies, and then at seven in the morning start up Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then it takes a whole new philosophical meeting. <laughs> when you're sleep deprived. And- when you're sleep deprived and, and kept up on Mountain Dew. Yeah. Dude, all the broken Listen clocks up. mean that time has no meaning here. Twisted up you have, on Mountain Dew. Yeah, you've gone into an alternate plane of existence and dimension. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, well... You've the zoo zone, yes. Yeah. The zoo zone. <laughs> Well, Redneck Zombies, 
when I said in the opener that this was one of my all-time favorite shot on video films, it was a film when it came out originally back in the day, I found on big box VHS and Mm -hmm. I watched all the time. When we came back to do this, this episode and watch it this week, it was like, I remembered everything. It, it puts such a huge smile on my face to watch this movie. So to get to this episode and to talk with you guys about this, I'm excited. I'm super excited. So let's let's stop the pleasantries, even though I do enjoy this conversation about recollecting about awkward email exchanges and <laughs> handwritten letters. But let's go ahead. The episode we're going to talk about tonight or the movie we're going to talk about tonight is the 1989 shot on video horror comedy by Pericles Loons, Redneck Zombies. My baby left me And I'm so blue My heart is aching My brain is goo I get drunk and wander From down till down I am just a redneck zombie Since you're gone Well I can't think Sends queer. Oh, bitch, without you, my life's too due. I'm a blue dick, redneck zombie without you. I groan and cry to the guys by the stairs. Then take me a bottle and a chug that's with. So, Doc, seems how this is your first shot on video episode or shot or your first Astro Radio Z episode. I want to pop that cherry, son. Woo. So would you please tell the Astro Zombies what is the plot of Redneck Zombies? Okay. Uh, The plot of Redneck Zombies is that there is a, a barrel of highly radioactive nuclear waste being driven on a completely in unsecured jeep by one soldier <laughs> who is high on weed and is probably imagining a dog next to him in the car now, um, i like to think that that's a, actually his dog that he's, tra- he's talking to the dog that's wearing the shades yeah. yes he offers the joint yes oh, it's that's, a legit. Legit. that's real the, the dog seems to disappear at some point so i lose track of the dog but um <laughs> In a, in a moment of panic, the as things happen, the the barrel, which is weakly secured, comes bouncing out of the jeep, rolls down a hill, and when he goes to reclaim said barrel, uh, there is a a large, comical, overweight redneck with a gun whisking him away from said barrel, which is then taken from him by a family of uh, moonshiners. And they, none of them apparently can read that it says danger radioactivity on it. And they spill it in their corn, corn squeezins and they use it as a new still and they make radioactive moonshine that's green, ma, from it. And everybody turns into flesh-eating creatures that bubble over and froth when you spray them with uh, aerosol deodorant. 
This movie is fucking bonkers. Yes. You are going to sit and want to point your finger at what potentially could be the best shot of video horror film ever made. I would say this one. I hands down from from a production standpoint, it flies everywhere. The practical effects are insane. Tons of gore. There's lots of legitimate comedy. There's very little that's awkward about it. It's edited superbly and it has a great soundtrack other than the really bad country tunes that are played in this. It, It just this movie flies by. It has crazy ass characters amanda this is the first time you've ever seen this movie right. what did you think right. watching redneck zombies i immediately liked it i immediately liked it i thought it was really funny if this was something that i would have been a part of like and i think we talked about this when we were or i made mention to this when we were um, talking about the burning moon if i was a part of this i would have been really proud of it because it's just like the right amount of campy and it's like you said legitimately funny um the characters are um make sense and the storyline is you know makes sense for what it is and i just really liked it i thought it was really good i had a lot of fun with it mark out of everything you've seen shot on video wise do you think Redneck Zombies is pretty much at the top of that list? Oh, yeah, hands down. Um, th- th- this is one of the ones that I knew, you know, I watched as Doc and I talked. I remember watching this before it was actually Troma. Uh, and it's interesting that it also is Full Moon Pictures and, <laughs> and uh, for this film. But, yeah, it's it. it it is it is a real film, but at the same time, they're having fun with it. it, it you're right. Everything you said, the, the, the writing on it, the editing, the, the narrative stays coherent through this film. As batshit crazy as it is, on the whole, the narrative stays straight. You know, even when you get all these because there's a lot of characters in here, including our, our hiking group, which end up being the zombie fodder who are great cast of characters as well. Everybody in here, you've got a group of people who are behind this project. They know what this project is. They're having fun with it, but there is there is talent here for what it is. It, it is a very surprising, I think, for a lot of people, I think, who, who may watch this going, Wow, you know, outside of it being shot on video, this is actually pretty doggone solid of a film in in almost all aspects. And yeah, the practical effects in here are crazy. Insane amount of practical effects in here. Doc, what stands out most to you about Redneck Zombies? A lot of it is so funny at times. Like you said, so deliberately funny. It's not the oops, you know, it's so bad, it's good type funny. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're they going back and referencing uh, stooges. They're referencing very obvious bits of American humor. There's some vibes that almost feel uh, like Monty Python to me. And at the same time, right after that, there will be this incredibly creepy moment or, or scary sometimes. And it goes, it manages to go from one to the next without feeling like the tone is off. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that. That's one thing that struck me this time watching again, and I've always felt that way, is that this movie, while very kinetic and very deliberately funny, it, it turns on a dime to some of the downright most black, 
dark, creepy sections I've ever seen in movies. And I think a lot of that is due to the fact that the video stock that it's shot on, I think mm-hmm. it adds a little bit to that creepy factor. There's something about it that is just a little grungy, a little off, a little soft. And that soundtrack, the, 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 the soundtrack, um, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the, that um, organ music that's played in there adds to that. And there's a lot of overdubbing that's really super creepy for like the tobacco man and yeah. some of the other stuff. <laughs> that um, dude. So what did you think of the character, the Tobacco Man? They creep me out. Hi, Mr. Tobacco Man. Hi, Mr. Tobacco Man. Hi, Mr. Tobacco Man. <laughs> I've been waiting for you, boys. I've been waiting. What'll be today, boys? <laughs> I got dip for the gum and snuff for the nose. I got roll your owns and smokes and a newfangled machine that rolls them for you. Even got pellets that taste like licorice. Don't have to spit them out. Just let them dissolve. Oh, they good. They good for young ones just like you. What up, be, boys? Dip, dip. We want dip and thanks for daddy's fun. <laughs> oh, boys. Yeah, she did. He was like the ice cream man, but for hillbillies. The hillbillies <laughs> get excited while they're making their still. Yeah. All of a sudden, they hear a bunch of weird, wh- um, like banging. It almost sounded like to, a pots and pans. Yes, he's banging on pots yeah. and pans. Or it's a jewel harp or something. Yeah. No, yeah. he's bang- he's banging on a frying pan. Okay. Yeah. He's got a frying pan in his in his tr- yeah. cab of his truck, and he's banging on it like the ice cream man has music playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he looks like the elephant man. Yeah. He does. Well, I- he looks like he has a little like a burlap sack over his yes, head with that's eyes. That's the elephant man. That's yeah. the elephant yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's deliberate that he's the elephant man because you can see just through the eye hole as well that he he has uh, been deformed in some way, you know, and, and of course he's talking funny as well. They they've got this really creepy voice for him and I love I loved that uh the little speech he gives to them in the beginning when they first meet him the whole I dip uh, I've got dip for gum and snuff for the nose. Roll your own smokes at a newfangled machine that rolls them for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's the same actor that plays the paw in the in the hillbillies. Oh, is it really? Yeah, they said. In the, I, I I had chance to do the commentary this time, and they're like, "Yeah, the only way he would take it is if he got to play both." Are you serious? That's why is I, that? Did they ever say why? He loved it. He after reading the script, he's like, "Dude, I want to do that." <laughs> I want to be that guy too. <laughs> it is downright one of the weirdest characters yes. you're ever going to see. It's so random. It's, but it, yeah, it was a Greek was chorus something. they used it as. Yeah. What's that? They said he kind of used it as a Greek chorus to set up this weird vibe to explain what was happening without actually saying anything. 
Totally. I I think it sets the tone so much for what's going to come after is that you have this really light, fluffy, really fast paced comedy that all of a sudden gets halted dead in its tracks with this David Lynch style, surreal, weird, dark sequence about some idiot out in the middle of nowhere in a cornfield (laughs) giving a hick. Well, they're not even kids. They're like 25, 30 years old dudes. Tobacco like he's an ice cream man. And he looks like the fucking elephant man. (laughs) It's the weirdest fucking shit you'll ever see. And it's not the first movie reference that they'll make in this movie. There's a whole scene later in the movie that is a direct riff of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, the guy, after Ellie Mae, who's one of the kids of these rednecks, goes to drop off all of the moonshine. Billy Bob, you mean? <laughs> no, Ellie Mae. Ellie Mae. <laughs> Ellie right, Mae, Dad. Paul is the only one that gets that wrong. Did you ever notice that? He's the only one that questions it. Everybody else goes, hi, Ellie Mae, how's it going? They That's totally a- accept that character. It's great. You're weird, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so Ellie May. Well, seems how before we get to this scene, Ellie May is one of their uh, one of the three kids of the redneck group that that make this moonshine, and I think the the hint is that he's supposed to be transgendered, but he definitely is a burly bear of a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's multiple sequences in which he he's all he's wearing is a vest over top of a big (laughs) belly and a hairy chest. And he's got a full beard and he's not even remotely looks feminine, but he acts feminine the entire time. And there's a scene where he walks into he's delivering all this moonshine, this green moonshine. He walks into this guy's house where these two dudes are watching a girl rub her tits. <laughs> and they're like, Hey, why don't you come watch them knockers with us? And he's like, Nope, I got my own. <laughs> Amazing characters. But there's to get back to the riffs off of other movies. There's a sequence in which Ellie may picks up a hitchhiker who shaves mm-hmm. people. And that's his oh, whole yeah, thing. Yeah. And the whole thing is a riff on the hitchhiker from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, Mark, did you notice any other uh, direct nods to other movies? Oh, yeah. When the uh, you get the one where the hiker, the, the guide after when in the climactic battle where they're fighting all the redneck zombies, the hikers are and he gets knocked down and he gets his torso ripped away. That felt directly out of I think it was Day of the Dead. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know that you you get that scene in there so you you have that uh let's see what ah man there, there's a number of other references in here i i think i put them down in some notes but that was one of them that really uh stood out to me was was that one when uh they when he pulled them apart and it was like oh that's right out of day of the dead <laughs> i mean straight out of it and then um yeah, you get so many great characters and moments in here. But what's great about it is these references aren't put in here. I, I hate to say it like more modern, quote unquote, you know, films like this that kind of seem blatantly like, oh, look what we're doing. This they work these in there subtly enough to where if you know the film, you're going to catch the reference 
but if you don't know the film, you're still going to enjoy the scene regardless. Yeah, it's not like they name drop any right. of it. No, no, they don't. You know, I mean, you, you talk about weird characters. I mean, not only do we have, you know, uh, we, we've got the tobacco man, but let's talk about Ma, the, 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 the mom of the moonshiners who carries around a little piggy with her. <laughs> As a pet. I love her. She's great. I, we're going to go out there and give those boys what fur. Uh, they got a full shine on. <laughs> Looks like they got a new steel. You know, and, and even the minor characters, even what he's delivering, you know, Ellie Mae's delivering uh, these moon to these moonshine houses. And you get like the mom who puts the moonshine in the baby bottle for the kid who's <laughs> Standing up in the washing machine. And it's just like, what? Well, and then later, not to spoil anything, not that you can spoil anything about redneck zombies, that baby turns into a zombie who smiles at camera while he's yeah. eating a finger. I know. That that's that's the one uh I think it was Ed's son, Alex. The mom is played by Pericles' mom because she wanted to be in the film. <laughs> The oh, date as, at the beginning when they're, they're zooming in on like the asylum or whatever it is. And they're kind of ticking, you know, they have the exact date and then the timer is ticking. Yes. That's, that's a year to the day after his son was born. <laughs> they used his birthday at a birth time. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that is. Oh my God. This, this movie, the, the comedy is so dead on. Unlike a lot of this kind of stuff from back in the day, the shot on video stuff, there's nothing ironic about mm -hmm. redneck zombies no. it is a legitimately written comedy. Yeah. And it works amazingly. Um, let's go to the characters. Cause I think if anything sticks out in this movie, it's the, huge cast of crazy ass characters doc if you were to pick one out of all of these characters who's your favorite uh, i i think they refer to this character in, in the commentary as n because he's not named during the film at all if memory serves he barely interacts with the rest of the cast it's the guy drinking who gets no <laughs> lines there's a, one of the campers just sits there drinking constantly and he is awesome to me and they they said the joke was that and they said it was kind of vague, but normally the guy who has no lines is the first killed, and that's why he survives the whole film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because yeah. they wanted to flip that on its head, and he, and he just keeps he gets to the he almost like uses booze for spinach near the end while he's yeah. fighting off yeah, zombies because yeah, yeah. his deodorant like doesn't work. It's so Popeye, it's the best. I love that guy. That is awesome, Amanda. Who's your favorite? Um, I liked the Ellie Mae character. I thought it was really funny. The And I didn't pick it up as him being transgendered. I picked it up as him being gay, but um, needing to still fit into this archetype of the redneck. See, I thought it I was almost like he was a pre-op transgender. Oh. Like he, he, he thought of himself as a woman, but didn't maybe wasn't exposed to people that actually changed. But they got the satellite there. See, and I got him. I I put him as as the people in his life being so stupid they didn't realize they didn't realize that he was gay and that he I, was see, really really effeminate and they were like so dumb because they're a bunch of rednecks. See, I don't think it had anything to do with sex. I think oh. it had to do with gender. 
I oh, think he identified as a woman. Oh, that's why he named himself Ellie, Ellie May, yeah. and he had all these feminine characteristics. Oh, yeah. But because it never, this movie, the only sexualized characters in this movie are people that talk that way. Was the guy who led, uh, who was the um, part of the campers, the, the hiker, the lead hiker, <laughs> so excited to have a pond to piss in. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. He was he was the only dude. That that came across as like having any interest in sex, other than the guys obviously looking at them knockers. Yeah, and Bob, because he keep they keep walking in during stories where he's talking about something about his genitalia. It seems like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. his girl, and he was talking, trying to convince his girlfriend about. Uh, it was a it's a great mm-hmm. cutaway. The editing in this film is just fantastic because it's great because we cut into a discussion while they're walking. He's going, and they say one ounce contains more protein than. <laughs> yes. you know, he's it tastes like a pineapple smoothie. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, it, it's but yeah, that character. You're right. Wilbur is both sexualized, but uh, yeah, I like the drunk guy too. But he's not my favorite though. Well, who is your favorite, Mark? I, I it's tough to pick one because there's so many, but I got to go with Bob, the uh, the the guy who who's the pre vet. Yes, the 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 guy. Oh who, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who who tur- who is basically high on LSD most of the movie. Yeah, right. Out. I love that guy. The way he. <laughs> portrayed it <laughs> at one point when the uh, zombies first go on the attack he just he cuts to this thing where he just totally his brain shuts down and he starts going into this uh wizard of oz <laughs> little, little little wizard of oz monologue you know just like oh my god and he's just playing it it's so sincerely crazy that you can't help but love it. And then, yeah, he's on LSD when he's trying to do an autopsy because they decide what the hell we need to do an autopsy on a zombie because they wanted to figure out what the hell was going on. And just like anything else in this movie, it doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to. It's just a ridiculous set piece for them to go off with some comedy on. Yeah, and he's sitting there, he's dissecting this guy in front of him, but he's tripping out, so he's thinking like he's pulling a shoe out, and (laughs) he's actually pulling entrails out, and everybody else is getting ill, and he's like, oh, look at this, he's flopping stuff around, I I love that guy, that guy was just hilarious, because he just went all in, the actor just, he just sold that so sincerely that I just... He, I was laughing. I was just rolling. There's some really funny shit with that character. My character has always been Tyrone Robinson, the soldier. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. As soon as I said Ellie May, I actually, while everybody was talking, I re- recollected. and From the first time I saw this movie, yeah. <laughs> every single time the soldier gets on screen, I am fucking dying. From the first scene where he's talking to that dog, asking the dog if he wants a hit of this joint, (laughs) to to that awkward scene where he he loses the the barrel of the chemical nuclear warfare waste, and uh, his sergeant is screaming in his face, and then... um, The scene where he's got to escort one of his military uh, buddies and then the overtly gay military guy out there. <laughs> Who he only says fuck you to. Well, which was, I, uh, even no, though there's one time he says something else. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. He says there fuck is. you still. 
Um, it's funny, but now years later, seeing yeah. that, it it is kind of cringy. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's a little insensitive. But back in the time that this was made, that was a typical kind of interaction, and that was comedy. And if you lighten up a little bit about it, I suppose you can find a lot of hilarity in that. But now, in in our world, that those jokes don't fly anymore. Yeah. But there it's aren't many of them. There aren't many of them, but that is one of the most overt ones in that. Yeah. Because this is a fairly like race neutral movie. There's no jokes. There's it's very much uh, a multiracial film. There's many different races of people mm-hmm. in this movie, and none of them are played for laughs. Right. Um, they're all equally respectable, or at least shown equal respect in this film. But my my favorite scene with Tyrone Robinson has got to be when he he's with the the gay military guy and his uh, other bud. Then they get out there and they see um, the shaver, mm-hmm. who's a zombie, uh, out in the middle of the field. They get out and it's like, oh, this guy looks like he needs help. And they, he's like, oh, come on, come over here. We're going to help you. And then they see that he's a, he looks like he's all fucked up and he's a zombie. No, no, stop. Please stay there. No, don't move anymore. Stop. Freeze. Finney, motherfucker. That's fridge. <laughs> <laughs> that's the great. It's an, a total overdub, but it's one of the funniest fucking pops in this whole movie. Every time I see that, I die. <laughs> I, I absolutely die. So Tyrone Robinson, definitely one of the quality characters yeah. in this flick. Now, we talked a little bit about the gore and we've always talked about on the shot on video episodes that the gore is you was usually the selling point of these movies. This movie doesn't just have gore. It is gross gore gratuitous that goes on forever. What did you think of all of the gore that was in this flick, Amanda? Oh, it didn't bother me. I thought it was fine, but, um, I thought some of it was really funny where, you know, they're like tearing somebody in half or whatever. And it just shows everybody's fingers at his gut when they're just kind of like mashing around blood. <laughs> they're not really doing anything, but then they cut, then they cut back and he's torn in half and they're picking up, you know, probably pig intestines or whatever it was. I don't even think gut, it's you know, probably just knows? latex. Covered in latex or something, yeah. No, a lot of that was pig intestines. Oh, was, was it? it so? Yeah. And, um, the uh that just cracked me up i thought i liked it i thought it was really funny and again again it goes back to me recognizing what this is that these are like just a bunch of people who shot this on video and i think that they clearly had talent you know they clearly they clearly were looking to have fun and um um Pulled it off nicely. Well, I think these were people that legitimately knew what they were doing. This wasn't some fly-by-night, run-by-the-seat-of-your-pants production. This was extremely well done. Doc, when it comes to the practical effects in this movie, what do you think? They look really good. Um, In the commentary, they point to, uh, I think it's Jethro early on. They said that guy was just terrible. There's that... uh, section red early on where he's just come just really ripping and flinging bits and pieces of person behind him and everything. Apparently those were frozen chitlins that had not defrosted completely. And that's why he could rip into them and they would just go flying. So yeah, they'd go, I guess to the grocery store and pick up some things 
and some people would interact with them differently. You said, yeah, like some of the the zombies would be like, sure, you know, there's that one dude who's just like, yeah, give me a pancreas, and he's just you know just slime and stuff all over his face. So they they balance out the you know the actual you know intestinal bits with some very good effects and some very well placed and well timed things so that it, it builds the illusion a lot of time they they're as you as i've watched it now obviously sometimes over the years i can see where the gaps are to cover certain things like even the man just said yeah you can see the hands go in there and all of a sudden the guy's a half yeah but it but it sells the moment and you know what's going on and it's it reads and that's important the fact that all this stuff reads very well their point you know they'll point out yeah we left that here that's here some of that's intentional some of it's not eh, you know but by and large, at a glance, it most of them look pretty good. Some of the background zombies are, are just a little light makeup, but a lot of them look very, very good. And it, there's just so much grossness, and this is great. Yeah, I think you got once you get to the zombies, you're already so invested in this movie that when you see the zombies that literally look like someone took they dipped two fingers into black paint and rubbed them across their <laughs> yeah. eyes, you you don't care anymore. No, it's it, true. It, it's really late in the in the works in this movie when that stuff happens. Mark, your thoughts? Oh, I I love the practical effects in here. I mean, uh, for for especially for when it was made, what it is, and that it they're actually pretty doggone impressive. I mean, uh, there's the one scene where. Uh, our big boy now turned into a, a zombie confronts your favorite soldier uh, and he, he squeezes his eyes and yeah, it's cut away before the eyes actually pop out. But before that, you actually got blood coming out of, you know, over both his thumbs and it looks, it looks pretty doggone painful. I'm like, wow, that that's actually pretty impressive. You know, uh, and, and yeah, we mentioned the guy getting torn apart before uh, just and I think what helps with it just being so, so gory and just so visceral is the fact that everyone in this film just about except for our hikers are filthy. Oh, just <laughs> absolutely filthy. <laughs> no one in the hillbilly area is taking a shower from the kids who sneak the dad's moonshine. You know, they got dirt on their faces to just about everyone except the hikers. They're already filthy. So you add this feeling of grime before you actually get your first set of gore. So by the time you get your set of gore in already this grimy setting it just has such a visceral you know uh, standout feel that you're just like oh my god you know and then they, a couple times they love eating eyeballs in this film there's at least i think two or three occasions where they pop the eyeball out and then they shove it in their mouth uh, <laughs> but yeah practical effects are just awesome in this film totally disgustingly awesome I think Mark. it also helps that the acting in this movie across the board is mm -hmm. spot on. These got everyone in this movie goes for it. Nobody holds back. Even the characters that obviously like that little baby and some of the kids that look straight in the camera, it doesn't matter. It's still cute. It reads and it's played the right way in editing to where the, it, the director knows what's happening and he uses it to his advantage. So there's the gore. It 
I can't stress enough, and we'll probably talk about this later with a different movie we're going to talk about <laughs> later in the episode. I can't stress enough how when attention is made towards not only getting a good cast, but set design, proper makeup effects, and editing and sound design. When this all comes together and you're able to really harness that and use it to its maximum effect, how effective it is. In Redneck Zombies Beyond Anything, it is so meticulously edited that the scenes that show with some of the makeup effects and maybe some of the performances, they don't linger at all. So it just plays so perfectly. And and that's what I react to mostly is the fact that this movie knows how to manipulate its audience into staying with it the -hmm. entire time. It's to this day, I've been watching this movie now for we're almost going on 30 years Mm -hmm. that this uh, that that we've been watching this movie and it still works for me just as good as it did. Some characters don't pop as much for me. Some jokes don't pop as much for me as they used to. But other ones crept in and took their place. There's, it's still amazing to me, this movie. Derek was dying when we were watching it. He was losing his mind. We put it on in bed a couple nights ago, and I was exhausted. So I was trying really hard to stay awake while we were watching it. And I, at one point, I started drifting off, and I was woken up startled awake by Derek just losing his mind laughing at something um and then we we finished watching it earlier today together and uh same thing you know I'm like chuckling because I I appreciate the film and I like it and I there's funny parts of it and to me when I what was fun watching it was watching Derek's reaction because it's obvious that you're recalling um, the history that you have with this movie while you're watching it. And that's pretty cute. It's really fun. Yeah. I think all of us probably Mark and doc at the same time when we're, we've seen this movie so many times now that it's just like, if you haven't seen it in a while, it's almost like you're going back in time and reliving <laughs> that first time you watched it because there's few comedies that I can watch over and over and over again that still work and redneck zombies 100% still works for me on almost every level doc totally even to the point where today it was paying off with jokes that apparently I just never really got before or I missed <laughs> or they well they have like the triple you know the triple stooge slap and and things that are more obvious and things like that it wasn't until today it dawned on me that the fact that deodorant kills rednecks is the joke. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's, it's so brilliant. subtle. It's just like, okay, you know, they had a scientific explanation. I took it. I moved up. Wait a minute. This is an Andy Kaufman routine now. Hang on. He's trying to get deep. <laughs> oh, just, there's just so much that feeds together. Just it's that it's, uh, it's it's just the one moment where you actually see people react and i'm like i'm not i'm pretty sure they just left that in because it's after uh right when they get to the campsite and bob walks back over to the two guys it's like so where do you think's a good place to take a shit (laughs) and i'm like that didn't look like a standard joke type reaction they're just like you know because they uh, again that guy they said in the commentary that was a guy that they'd known for a while he'd never done any drugs he would he'd, he'd 
didn't swear or anything like that. So this character was not him at all. And everybody, they were just having a blast getting them to do that. Uh, everybody, they said, oh, this is the, the hitchhiker, actor friend of ours, blah, blah, blah. We had him do this. It turns out he'd never seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre before. Hmm. That performance is good because he was listening to his direction. He didn't have the movie to reference. That's how good this movie is at times. That just it, people were that invested in it and went all the way with it to make it the best thing they could make it. On for like, I think the, I think uh, the wiki said it was like ten thousand dollars back in the day. That's like nothing. It's like yeah, nothing. Yeah. They made magic for ten grand. It, yeah. Absolutely. I think one of the most impressive things, like we said before, was the fact that it literally changes tone on a dime yeah. and doesn't take you out of this movie. It's bizarre how it manages to do that, and it works. I mean, the the sequence in the the the, the freelance butcher shop is incredibly eerie, and I you know it's and it doesn't pay off really. It's just a creepy moment. It's not like they go here. Here's what's happening with this. It just happens. No, because you and don't you know need. exactly what's going on. I mean, when no. Ellie Mae comes in, the music changes. All you mm. see is a girl that's crying, tied up and duct taped to a chair. And this guy leering at her laughing while they're watching videos of chick of little chicks being slaughtered. And this guy walks in just sharpening a blade. Mm-hmm. It is literally so pitch black yeah. that right before it, it's hilarity, and it goes to the scene where all of a sudden you're like, I'm really fucking uncomfortable right now. Yeah. Like this, I don't know where this is going. Mark, did you like that about this movie? Oh, yeah. I love that about this movie. And what I love it, as we've mentioned before, is that it, it's rather seamless and it's not jarring. The, the, you're right, Derek. Meticulous. They put this together with a lot of of meticulous care to make sure that everything hit just right and edited just right so that it could change tone on the dime, but it felt natural. And at most points, you didn't even realize it. The the reason that I think that freelance butcher scene works is because we've seen Ellie may already drop off uh, shine at a couple of houses where there were some odd characters going on. So you're like, oh, okay. And then he walks into this house and it's just dark as shit scene. And then you're just like, whoa, but he's been visiting houses all along. So it's not like this is just some random crazy, you know, I mean, the the way it flows is, is great. And yeah, there's a humorous part and then it gets dark as hell. And then we go back to humor and, you know, they use some jokes in here, but the jokes never get, overused like we actually get a break in the fourth wall for just a split second yep. and it was used perfectly and they don't do it again and it was brilliant because they didn't do it again it was it was used once and we moved on and i loved that and so yeah with this the freelance butcher this is the craziest house ellie may shows up in it's the darkest set that he shows up in and that's the only dark set that Ellie may actually visits from then on. So that's why it works. It's not like every house he's going to has this has crazy guys kidnapping people or slaughtering people. This is the only house. And I think that's works because they get their shtick and that's it. They don't overuse anything in this film. They use it just the right amount. And I think that's what helps make it work is uh, that they don't overuse any of it. 
And by that point, too, we're invested in the LMA character to some degree. Mm-hmm. So that character's uncomfortability in that moment helps feed our reaction. So we go, wait, this isn't normal even from what LMA is used to. We should be uncomfortable yeah, because we're uncomfortable. We, the fact that right. he is literally our voice in that scene yes. is hilarious. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. That's part of what makes it work so well. Mm-hmm. The, the the points that this movie gets really dark and really effective as a horror film come out of nowhere. Like you guys said, I think other than obviously we had said the like the tobacco man scene, that um, butcher shop scene. And then I think one of the other most effective horror sequence is the first time we see one of the rednecks, that scene where you said where the zombie is ripping apart that one body. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, the the tone of the music and how absolutely visceral that is. Yeah. Is very unexpected up until that point in the film. Every time I see that, it's just like, wow, this is really fucking violent. Like you that the it's angry. It's mm-hmm. angry violent. Yeah. And it's not something you expect from the movie because up until that point it's been very lighthearted. It's been very goofy. I mean, we have scenes of stupid people talking about going golfing in an insane asylum and, you know, guys trying to hand off joints to dogs and all this. <laughs> Having a pond of pissing and all that jazz. <laughs> yeah. And the recurring jokes are all really light. Mm-hmm. All really light stuff like the dude that drinks constantly instead of pulling out weapons to fight the zombies. He pulls out another bottle of gin or vodka to drink and down. And uh, a pond to piss in and the mm-hmm. the fuck you joke thing. Oh, <laughs> scene where um, all the zombies are coming out of the woods and the one guy goes, well, haven't you seen Deliverance? And then he goes yes. running over to him. <laughs> and he waves at them. That's the best part. He waves like, hi, and they all wave hi. And then they eat yeah. back. I yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. Because they're not traditional zombies in that way and i think some people yeah. get hung up on that because they're like well they're not really undead and they're reacting like this and blah, blah, blah. well they're they're mutated by radioactive shine they're not really the undead walking the earth it's this this is a parody it's mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah don't take it too seriously man yeah some people seriously. do i i don't know how people could take something like redneck zombies i mean any look at the title on video any shot on video well, is super serious i don't i don't agree with that oh is that so well, maybe my exposure to shot on video films has mm. been those that are just kind of within the horror comedy genre well i think a lot of them that are remembered <clears throat> or at least to the mass culture that know of these a lot of them are the horror comedy because you kind of can forgive the um the cheap aspects oh, of the yeah. production and the look um, because if a, if a comedy pops and you're laughing at it, you'll forgive just about anything Yeah. with a film where if it's a serious film, the last thing you want to see is something that looks like it was shot in your, your mom's backyard. Right. So that's why I think a lot of the serious ones, most people don't talk about those or don't consider them good because they would rather watch something that looks like a Hollywood film, something that looks super professional where those of us that like, you know, exploitation films, 
can see past the shortcomings of the production and see what's going on there. So I always think shot on video films, the vast majority of them that everybody rem- remember are always the comedies. Yeah. The that horror makes comedies. Sense. That yeah. makes sense. So, but there's a lot of them out there that are serious that work. Well, like the burning moon is definitely not a comedy. No, but that pops because of the violence. Yes. And mm. it's done very well. The violence in that film is done really well. I think the violence in the redneck zombies is better. Yeah. I said so. I think I would disagree. I think I said to you out loud while we were watching The Burning Moon. Um, oh my God, it really looks like this guy got cut. Or oh my gosh, it really looks like they're fighting. I didn't feel that with this. Why was it because of the comedy that it took you out of it? Probably. Yeah. Like it's intentional. The movie is supposed to feel funny and light. And so it's hard for me sometimes to slip and fall back into this like authentic gore really easily between them. I think some of the the gore in this, I like better than the stuff in the burning moon. I really do. Like Ferd Mertz, who is kind of like the the villain (laughs) Of this movie, um, it's there's so many different layers to this movie with all the characters. But Ferd Mertz is this big redneck who is a complete dildo the entire movie. <laughs> um, he is in direct competition with the core group of rednecks that make the shine. And he eventually gets turned into a zombie. And his makeup, to me, is like some of the creepiest looking makeup in this mm-hmm. movie. Is he the really big heavy suck guy in the overall? Yeah, that has yes. F, FM painted on his, yeah. on his I, overall. I, so let you know that his name's Ferd Mertz. Yeah. yeah. Hope I don't go blind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he wants to rape a, a, just a pair of legs that have been torn off of a body. Oh, they said he was so uncomfortable with that sequence. <laughs> which makes me happy, to be honest. He he ad libbed, I guess, a lot of his stuff, which you can tell. Oh, totally, you could tell. He, he wrestles he, a tree at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Remember where he kind of flops it? You know, he's like f- f- flailing around with that little tree when he's going to the still to find it. <laughs> Boom! It pops up like nothing happened. <laughs> oh man, that dude was crazy. <laughs> My God, he, he's a good character, but the, the makeup effects, even though some of the zombies look bad, but some of it is just so downright creepy because of the tone and the way it's shot and the lighting and the blood that's used. It just looks it's all. I think it, it affects me far more than anything in the burning moon. Wow. That that uh, farm, the farmhouse scene in particular. Oh, man. Where she first comes in and you've got the ex- what looks like an exploded baby pig on the floor. And then she's yeah. looking at all of them as they're munching on on each other and such. And what I love about that scene is I know it's a simple thing, but I did not expect it from a film like this. When she walks in there, she doesn't react right away. So we go to a shot outside of the house and it's a close up, then a medium, then an extreme wide. And it's silent for a minute. And then you hear a scream in the background. And just the way that was done, I did not expect that from a film like this. So I was like, such a perfect shot. It it was such a fantastic shot. But just before that, when she's looking around and it's kind of blurry, all that stuff in there was just so disgusting. And and (laughs) Ellie Mae torn to shreds on the table is literally some of the grossest stuff in this movie. 
but it's so, it's so well done but it is so gross that whole house is just gross by that point and it's yes. just like oh my yeah it's texas chainsaw massacre and evil dead kind of in that little room it's mm-hmm. and they're just going as balls to the wall as they could be dude was stuck in that table for 10 hours they said trying oh, to are you serious oh, oh yeah they're like oh this won't take long once you get to make and they're like yeah they, they were they, they said because there's like you know lights outside the window like right after that finishes she goes yeah those were lights we were that's not sunlight those mm-hmm. were lights that we shown inside that cabin because it was like midnight when we finally got done with it. I loved the fact that it looked really just, dark in that room. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. It just, yeah, just like, ugh. You know, the, the mom gets, she, you know, she the girl is, is starting to fight back and she knocks the mom back into the seat and the board comes yeah. down. And it's, a, it's, it's a little comedic moment, yeah. It's a little comedic moment, but then she's sitting there. But then the mom wakes up, and as she comes up, she pulls this machete out. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah. but can we can we back up just a second sure. outside of the fun stuff? And can I ask you all a question? And oh this is something gosh. that's bothered me ever since I first started watching Redneck Zombies. Oh my god. Okay. Do any of you hate the fact that the Lisa character is the final girl in this movie? I've hated that character ever since I've I can, watched this movie. She, I think she's annoying. I think she's crass. Dopey. She's dopey. And she just like, I don't want to root for her. She's an asshole. I can see that. But that's, I think, part of why she works as the final character. Because you don't want her to make that. But she makes that turn where she turns into survival mode. But, but I don't still, think... She, I don't you don't think, have to be sympathetic towards her, uh, but she bu- she goes she badass. Knows. But yeah, no, I could see that. I yeah, would, I would have rather seen the Teresa character personally. I would rather seen Bob or Bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the plus, she is the one that's trying to be the most sensible, even though she's a <sighs> jerk. So she does have a lot of the qualities that are there. She's just not so personable that you fall you know that you're like yes you get you you throw your support behind your type person yeah but she's the one that's like hey knock off the fighting hey this is the you know let's listen to him because he's smart or, you know let's do this she's trying to keep the group together up until the point where things just explode but you can see why she's that character to some degree but i can understand why you dislike her certainly oh i there was a bunch of scenes with lisa that i disliked where She's like what, witnessing all this violence, and she's just sitting against a tree, screaming, "Get up!" That's, the one, dude, that, the one yeah. dude that wants to bone her so hard runs yeah. over, saves her, and then she freezes up, and she just like backs up and runs away, basically, and watches yeah. him get eaten. Rude. Yeah. She goes into shock at that point, presumably, but she's, she's just a total afraid. piece of shit. You know, <laughs> that's arguable. I can, I, I would not dispute that. I will say that in a heartbeat. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes is when the um, that one character is um, the drinking dude kind of like ditches him and throws him to the zombies. And so he puts his arms out and pretends to be a zombie. Bob, yeah. Like like, elbows over. I wanted Bob to hold out till the end and be the final character. And then and then uh, he gets found out because he barfs. (laughs) Yes. I love the one zombie head that kind of raises up to go, wait a minute, what's going yeah. on over there? Wait, we don't that puke. is gold. We don't puke, but he did. He's not one of us. Yeah. Eat him. Eat him. Yeah. He gets ripped apart pretty 
pretty harshly because I think they kept using the shirt to disguise yeah. a lot. But oh man, that one that one hurts for some reason more, more than some of the other ones. I don't know why. <laughs> so so amazing that uh, all that stuff. But the Achilles heel of this movie for me, if anything, is that fucking Lisa character and the horrible country tunes that that have redneck zombies as like the the lyrics in in this movie like the title well it's just like after everything else is so good in this movie that those those points just really stick out once and move on yeah i didn't dig it i didn't dig it but that lisa character has always rubbed me the wrong way (laughs) always the whole time i'm like oh that fucking lisa (laughs) whole time whole time so um let's go ahead and I don't think there's a whole lot more we can go on mm. about redneck zombies. I think people are very aware that we all love this movie. Oh, yes. Mark, you got any final thoughts or anything that we we have left out that you'd like to talk about? Not really. No, we've we've covered it well with this movie. But I would just say if you're looking, you know, if you're looking for a good shot on video film that's fun and and just everything that you really would like from a film like this it's it's redneck zombies even with the country music which i think may have been their little nod to say 2000 maniacs um in a i could see that in a way why they have that in there i i would easily say that's probably a little nod to the 2000 maniacs uh but yeah there's references in here that it's one of those films that's a shot on video film where it wasn't just people going, Oh, Hey, we can make, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff in here, especially for a horror fan. Um, and especially for when it came out, I, I, I love this movie. This movie's just so much damn fun. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more doc. Any final thoughts or anything you wanted to bring to the group that we hadn't talked about? You wanted to cover. I think Mark made a good point at the end. It feels very much like a Herschel Gordon Lewis film in a lot of ways to me. And it's 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 a period of its time, but at the same time, a lot of the stuff that's of that time doesn't really wear on it. it there's a lot of stuff that's still very entertaining now. And go watch it. Watch yeah, it a it's, it's a hell of a charming movie. Damn right. Fuck yeah. Fuck you, <laughs> America! Fuck yeah. There we go. Anyway, Amanda, final thoughts or anything you wanted to talk about that we left out? No, not really. I liked it. And I think I appreciate it because um, I think like most shot on video films, I probably would be annoyed with like, uh, this is stupid and I hate it. But um, because it's a mix of comedy and horror, like you said, it's easy to to look past any of the production value shortcomings, which I don't think there really are a lot, frankly. No, I don't, I think, I don't think so either. They do a phenomenal job. Um, but uh, yeah, so no, I liked it. I yeah. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up, two thumbs way up. Yeah. And a hard boner. <gasps> that's a, that's a seal of approval. Yeah. Astro Radio Z, seal of boner approval. <laughs> it's a tight butthole. It's tight butthole. It's tight butthole, as we would say in the biz. <laughs> <laughs> it's quality. Quality house stuff. I honestly, you got, if any of you that are out there listening, I know all the old timers that are listening to this. <laughs> They've already seen this fucking movie. It's part of their staple, their diet, their horror movie diet. But if any of you out there haven't seen Redneck Zombies, what are you doing listening to this episode anymore? Get out there, rent Redneck Zombies. 
literally hands down my favorite shot on video horror film of all time. It is so fun. It the hour and a half running time flies by. And there's very few movies of this ilk that I can say that for. You don't feel this, especially stuff shot on video. There's at some point it drags for you be just because of the production value. And sometimes, you know, the lighting isn't great or the sound isn't great or whatever. Not one point in this movie does it drag. So tight butthole seal of approval. <laughs> Astro radio Z go, go check this. I don't That's a problematic score. I don't no. know if I like that as a score. No, don't you? That's from the show Workaholic. Yes, yeah, I okay. know what that's from. Right. But I don't know if I want to use that as a as a real so, like, score on here. Astro Radio. It's Z. here. I'm using it. It's here. <laughs> the tight. How do you feel about using tight butthole, Mark, as a rating on this show? My butthole's been tight for many years, so uh, that's not what Doc told me. Well, I think we can all agree that Redneck Zombies is one of the greatest shot on video horror films of all time. So I don't know if we really have much more to talk about it. So we're going to move on from Redneck Zombies and we're going to move on to the portion of the show that I know you all fucking love so much. The portion of the show where my guests shamelessly shill the fuck out of you, Mark the Movie Man. Shill your ass off. Specialmarkproductions.com is where you can stop, where you'll find most of uh, the links of, to stuff that I work on, including the Horror Thursdays I do for We Live Entertainment. Uh, you'll see the recent reviews I've done for the final cut, which I recently did one for the newest Baywatch film, which seems to be a rather hit. Uh, and I, I like I like the fact that there there's some pussy in that video. There is a lot of it. There's a lot of it in that film, in that review. Uh, I'm waiting for YouTube to take it down with that so much in there. But uh, and also the Spoiler Room podcast, which Derek and Doc both have been on. There's archive episodes as well as newest episodes there. You can find me occasionally on the Galactic Netcast as the Movie Man's Movie Minute. Surprisingly, I actually talk about a movie for only about a minute, which, trust me, is a challenge. And you can also catch me on the Twitters at Special Mark Pro. And Mr. Doc, you are constantly working on stuff all over the place. Would you tell, would you, do you have anything that you want to show to my audience? Certainly. I am very privileged to be part of the Shakespeare Raw group that is uh, of the Boozy Bar Productions. Our next performance is June 12th through 14th at Best Place, 901 West Juno Avenue in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We're going to do Comedy of Errors. The whole concept is at the beginning of the night, all the performers come out on stage, pick a name out of a hat, and then we go get scripts and we try and perform that Shakespearean play in front of whoever shows up for it. And it's a good time and it's silly and it's fun and it's acting and it's improv and it's reading and it's all sort of things and if you can't make that go to boozy bar productions on facebook like the facebook page there's videos that we post if you like want to follow some of the ridiculous things that i get up to there's professor thomas Tennant on facebook because eventually occasionally i remember i'm doing things and i post them there <laughs> that's how i feel about astro radio z sometimes is that i forget to actually promote and post the stuff yep <laughs> <laughs> Oh, crap, I was in Oshkosh yesterday. Sorry. You know, that sort of thing happens occasionally. As we always, as my bud John Pata and I always tease our friend Jill Six about, is this a snapportunity? 
<laughs> Stamping going, to Madison, right going to Madison at the end of June. What is that? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing yet. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's true. Oh boy. Well, thank you, Doc, for coming on. And as always, Mark the Movie Man, it's a it's always a pleasure. Our next shot on video horror film we're going to be covering here on Astral Radio Z is the week of the 12th. We're going to be covering the Truth or Dare franchise by Tim Ritter. Classic. This is this is bread and butter shot on video stuff. Can't wait. I know Mark hasn't seen any of this. Correct? Correct. Oh, boy. I can't wait for this. This is some of my favorite stuff of all time. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about that. But even bigger, this episode was episode 99, folks. So next week, you are going to be receiving episode 100 of Astro Radio Z. That fucking blows my fucking mind. The fact that I did 100 of anything is a major accomplishment in my life. I know, I know Mark's like, whatever, I did that like two years ago. Hey, I am what, not. What the fuck does that matter? I am not. <laughs> but for next week, we are going to, for the 100th episode of Astro Radio Z, I'm going to be doing the first open commentary episode. Not for the Patreons, but for Astro Radio Z. And I think I'm only going to save it for every 100 episodes. If I even do another 100 episodes, because, you know, in that time, at some point, I'm going to have to do more witchcraft films. And I'm hoping, and I already I already exclaimed how I'd rather have a heart attack than watch any more of those movies. Oh, and the Puppet Master. Puppet Master. Yeah. Oh. And there'll be more of that. Oh, I know. We already know there's going to be another one. I'm sure Scott Davis is starting a pay, uh, Kickstarter for another Vice Academy movie. God bless him. <laughs> I'm crying inside. <laughs> But anyways, so we're going to be doing a commentary track for Ed Wood's Orgy of the Dead. Yeah. So please, if any of you out there are interested, I'm going to I'm putting a cattle call cattle call out there for listeners and former guests alike. Anybody that wants to come on this, this is going to be a gang orgy fuck party. For Orgy of the Dead uh, here on Astro Radio Z. We'll have a screening on Rabbit and we'll sit and record the ridiculousness because we did a screening of it on Rabbit a while back, I believe for 31 Days of Horror last year, and it was just a blast. We had just a great time with it, and it is seriously one of my <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's one of the shittiest movies of all time. But it's also one of my favorite movies of all time. So that's why we're doing it for episode 100, which is coming at you next week, Astro Zombies. So the fact that we're having episode 100, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank any of you who spent any time listening to this shitty, stupid little show. So until then, please stay away from the green moonshine. Stay away from it. Don't drink it. Just put it down. It's party time. Colombian, Jamaican, only the best. New Jersey. You can find Astro Radio Z on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, YouTube, and anywhere podcasts are found. Please. Help us by subscribing, 
rating the show, and giving us a review. It helps us get the show out to more listeners. Also, if you would like to hear more of the show and be a more active participant, join the Astro Radio Z Facebook group and page, and join the Patreon. For only $1 a month, you get bonus episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week, Astro Zombies. I think we're on our own. No!